It has not been a happy day for most of us, as many of us slept or went to bed watching the news and waking up this morning hearing about a terrible, heinous shooting spree, another in America. This one at Charleston, South Carolina, at a church at a Bible study, and that shooting suspect has been arrested. Uh, this is uh, in... Uh, He was arrested in North Carolina, although he's from Lexington, South Carolina. 21 years of age, Dylan Roth, not Roof, even though it's spelled like Roof, it's pronounced Roth. Thank you to my producers for clarifying that. He was arrested today in Shelby, North Carolina. He spent an hour at a prayer meeting before opening fire, according to the police chief. And the gunman allegedly told the victims before he started to shoot, quote, You rape our women and you're taking over our country and you have to go. Eight died at the scene. A ninth died at the hospital. I mentioned last hour the names of those people. And, of course, our nation mourns, as does our leader. Here are President Obama's remarks on that massacre, or as some are calling it, terrorist attack in Charleston. Good afternoon, everybody. This morning, I spoke with, and Vice President Biden spoke with, Mayor Joe Riley and other leaders at Charleston to express our deep sorrow over the senseless murders that took place last night. Michelle and I know several members of Emmanuel AME Church. We knew their pastor, Reverend Clementa Pickney, who, along with eight others, gathered in prayer and fellowship and was murdered last night. And to say our thoughts and prayers are with them and their families and their community doesn't say enough to convey the heartache and the sadness and the anger that we feel. Any death of this sort is a tragedy. Any shooting involving multiple victims is a tragedy. There is something particularly heartbreaking about a death happening in a place in which we seek solace and we seek peace, in a place of worship. Mother Emanuel is, in fact, more than a church. This is a place of worship that was founded by African-Americans seeking liberty. This is a church that was burned to the ground because its worships, uh, worshipers worked to end slavery. When there were laws banning all black church gatherings, they conducted services in secret. When there was a nonviolent movement to bring our country closer in line with our highest ideals, some of our brightest leaders spoke and led marches from this church's steps. This is a sacred place in the history of Charles and in the history of America. The FBI is now on the scene with local police, and more of the Bureau's best are on the way to join them. The Attorney General has announced plans for the FBI to open a hate crime investigation. We understand that the suspect is in custody, uh, and I'll let the best of law enforcement do its work to make sure that justice is served. Until the investigation is complete, I'm necessarily constrained in terms of talking about the details of the case. But I don't need to be constrained about the emotions that tragedies like this race. I've had to make statements like this too many times. Communities like this have had to endure tragedies like this too many times. We don't have all the facts, but we do know that, once again, innocent people were killed in part because someone who wanted to inflict harm had no trouble getting their hands on a gun. Now is the time for mourning and for healing. But let's be clear. At some point, we as a country will have to reckon with the fact that this type of mass violence does not happen in other advanced countries. It doesn't happen in other places 
with this kind of frequency. And it is in our power to do something about it. I say that recognizing the politics in this town foreclose a lot of those avenues right now. But it'd be wrong for us not to acknowledge it. And at some point, it's going to be important for the American people to come to grips with it and for us to be able to shift how we think about the issue of gun violence collectively. The fact that uh, this took place uh, in a black church uh, obviously also raises questions about a dark part of our history. This is not the first time that black churches have been attacked, and we know that hatred across races and faiths pose a particular threat to our democracy and our ideals. The good news is I am confident that the outpouring of unity and strength and fellowship and love across Charleston today from all races, from all faiths, from all places of worship indicates the degree to which those old vestiges of hatred can be overcome. That certainly was Dr. King's hope just over 50 years ago after four little girls were killed in a bombing in a black church in Birmingham, Alabama. He said they lived meaningful lives and they died nobly. They say to each of us, Dr. King said, black and white alike, that we must substitute courage for caution. They say to us that we must be concerned not merely with who murdered them, but about the system, the way of life, the philosophy which produced the murderers. Their death says to us that we must work passionately and unrelentingly for the realization of the American dream. And if one will hold on, he will discover that God walks with him and that God is able to lift you from the fatigue of despair to the buoyancy of hope and transform dark and desolate valleys into sunlit paths of inner peace. Reverend Pigney and his congregation understood that spirit. Their Christian faith compelled them to reach out, not just to members of their congregation or to members of their own communities, but to all in need. They opened their doors to strangers who might enter a church in search of healing or redemption. Mother Emanuel Church and his congregation have risen before from flames, from an earthquake, from other dark times to give hope to generations of Charlestonians. And with our prayers and our love and see of hope, it will rise again now as a place of peace. Thank you. That is President Obama speaking about the tragedy. Some are calling a massacre. Some are calling a murderous spree. And some are calling a terrorist action. I'll get your take and your opinion on which of any of these is the way you describe it. And does what we call it matter? What police are going to be calling it and charging on a federal level, most likely with Dylan Roth, 21 of Lexington, South Carolina, who was taken into custody without incident about 11.15 a.m. Eastern time during a common traffic stop, according to Charleston Police Chief Greg Mullen this morning. He said the local police were acting on a be on the lookout notice. That included a vehicle description, the license tag and the suspect's name. That's how they found Dylan Roth. Uh, But they got him. Uh, He is suspected of killing nine people last night at the historic African-American church in Charleston, South Carolina, arrested this morning about 245 miles away in Shelby, North Carolina. He was armed with a gun when he was arrested, according to law enforcement officials. Uh, It's not clear if that was the same firearm used in the shooting. A senior law enforcement source told CNN the suspect's father recently bought him a 45 caliber gun for his 21st birthday in April. Did you hear me? His daddy bought him a gun as a gift. Maybe we should charge daddy too. Guns aren't gifts. 
The Bible even talks about not giving our children a knife, which is also a weapon because they can hurt themselves or others. When President Obama, as you just heard, mourned the violence and the victims, and when he said, quote, any death of this sort is a tragedy, any shooting involving multiple victims is a tragedy, there is something heartbreaking about death happening in a place in which we seek solace, we seek peace. Dylan Roth, a white man, walked into a church filled with black people who he hated. They didn't know he was packing the gift from his daddy. They didn't know he had hatred in his heart. He was prejudiced against them for their skin color. They didn't see skin color in the house of God, did they? They saw a fellow brother who needed to pray or have prayer and welcomed him in. We should not let the Dylan Roths or any terrorist, because he is a terrorist in my opinion, terrorize us and put us to a position and leave us to live in fear. We shouldn't be afraid to go to church or a movie theater or work or get on a plane. A black person shouldn't be afraid of a white person, a white person, a black person. We shouldn't be afraid of Muslims and Muslims shouldn't have to be afraid of us, the rest of us that are not Muslim. Hate plus a weapon equals death. We have seen this in every tragedy. And like the president said, any death of this sort is a tragedy. But can I tell you something? Any death that's the result of hate and a weapon combined, even if it's one, is a tragedy, in my opinion. Further tragedies that the slayings took place inside the historic Emanuel African Methodist Episcopal Church, right in the heart of Charleston's tourist district. Tragedy that six women and three men died, lost their lives last night, including the very politically active pastor, the Reverend Clementa Pickney. Sylvia Johnson, who's a cousin of Reverend Pickney, said she heard about what happened inside the church from survivors, according to CNN. She said survivors recounted the man coming into the church asking for Pickney. So apparently he did ask for Pickney. So maybe there was something political that he hated black people and he hated black people in power and specifically uh, this individual, the Reverend Clementa Pickney, in power in the pulpit and in power in politics, an elected official, and uh, asked for Pickney, sat next to him during a prayer meeting and sat next to him for an hour. He started shooting. He reloaded five times. Now, there are going to be those of you out there that say, Leslie, this is why everybody has to be armed, because he wouldn't have been able to reload. But if he took one life, it doesn't stop another from doing so if you're, you're armed. Do you understand? If he didn't have the gun, then it doesn't matter if somebody's armed or not. He couldn't have killed nine people without the weapon. Reloading, or everyone else armed or otherwise. And then if we go further... If we, if we work on people not hating each other, if we work on unity instead of division in this country. Yesterday on Twitter, the things I saw and on Facebook, do you know a guy posted he hopes Donald Trump becomes president because he will kill every single Muslim? Does he realize that the men, do you, does he realize not one American Muslim was on that plane on September 11th? They were not Americans. They weren't even Muslims. They were murderers. 
whether you're a Hitler and you want to kill Jews or you're somebody who hates Muslims and wants everybody to think that's a bad religion or you like a Dylan Roth or the KKK and you hate people based on the color of their skin, such as African Americans, you are filled with hate and you put a weapon in that person's hands. It is dangerous. It is a recipe not only for disaster but for death. This in so many other instances show this. And I don't believe this guy's necessarily mentally ill. You don't need to be mentally ill to be a bigot. We've had politicians and still do that are bigots. World leaders in the past and the present. There are people that in your face will say one thing, but behind closed doors they use the N-word or say towel a raghead, and you know it. So let me ask you some questions this afternoon as this is your show and I want to get to your opinions. It's just you and me today, this hour. Your opinions, questions, comments, and concerns, no guest one. Guns don't kill people do. Guns don't kill people do. Really. Dylan Roth might have a mental illness. But, and everybody in America wants, the majority of Americans want background checks everywhere guns are sold like gun shows. Yet we don't have that. 8886 Some of you might say, well, he didn't buy the gun his dad did. Yep. And maybe his dad's not mentally ill. Right. Do you think parents should be buying their children guns? And if so, you might say, well, he's not a child. He's 21. Okay. If you buy somebody a gun, no matter what they are to you, friend, lover, neighbor, or spouse, or sibling, child, whatever, should you be held responsible? In other words, should there be some culpability with Dylan Roth's father for buying the gun that took the lives of nine people who will be buried in the next few days. 888 Leslie, 888-653-7543. What more can be done to prevent guns from getting in the hands of people like this? People who hate with bigotry, racism, prejudice in their hearts, in their heads, in their hands. 888 Leslie, 888-653-7543. The NRA claims guns really make us safer. Do they? Do they really? Why do they? Why don't they? Give me some stats. Because the only stats that the NRA has ever used dates back a long time ago. No recent data. 8886 Leslie, 8886537543. And is this shooting another example of why we need to unite and why we need to stop hating each other based on the color of our skin, based on our religion, based on our socioeconomic status, based on if we live in the north, south, east, or west, based on how we dress, based on if we're fat, if we're short, if we're tall, if we're Democrat, if we're Republican, based on our sexual orientation, based on our gender, and the list goes on. Stop the division. Stop the hate. Maybe we could stop some of this senseless, useless, hateful killing 8886 leslie 8886537543 one more is this the new america mass shootings are based on hate mental illness and suicide every few months or weeks is this the new america and is this the america you want to live in i ask you my friend because only you have the power to change it if it isn't we're back i'm leslie marshall we are talking about the terrible uh shooting murder massacre terrorism whatever you want to call it and uh, i do want to know what you call it and does it matter in charleston south carolina online five chandler joins us chandler good afternoon and we're so sorry for what's happened in your community good afternoon and welcome good afternoon miss marshall how are you good chandler please call me leslie all right well um when i was looking at your, your post on twitter listening to the show I mean, the, the NRA thing is, is 
I think it's kind of apples and oranges, honestly. Because the fact of the matter is, legal or not, he still could have got a gun. The fact that he, he got it legally being his father born for him. First of all, this is not a kid. Can we stop calling a 21-year-old a kid? This is a grown man. This is not a kid. This is a grown man. 21 is not a kid. Okay. Well, you, well, can you tell me something? Help me with something, Chandler, because we were talking about this off air. Dylan D- was not born a racist. What made him a racist? What what formed that in him? His parents, the media, his friends, his neighborhood. What did this? All of it, and 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 personal choices. Listen, I'm, I'm, I was born in '68. I grew up in Brooklyn in the projects. Okay, I grew up, you know, where where you were still talking about, you know, the Black Liberation Army. Okay, um, I went to a school that was predominantly white. I went to a lot of schools where where you know, there's neighborhoods in Brooklyn where I couldn't go in when it was dark. You know, before I joined the military, let me be real clear. I didn't like white people at all. And really Hang on, Chandler. we got to take a break, sweetie. I'm not cutting you off. Hang on. Be right back to you. Don't go away. We're talking about the tragedy you in Charleston, South Carolina, that took place last night at a prayer meeting at a church. Let's go to Chandler in Charleston, South Carolina once again. Chandler, thank you for holding. Welcome back. Please continue. Sorry we had to take that break. Right, thank you, Leslie. Um. Basically, what I was saying is, is, you know, I was raised to believe that the white man was a devil. I joined the military and found out that that wasn't true. And then I had to make a choice. Do I believe what I've been taught, what I've heard all my life, or do I believe the evidence that I'm seeing? So I chose to believe the evidence that I saw and realized that there are idiots in every segment of society. But just because you look a certain way or you're a certain gender or a certain religious, from a religious background doesn't mean that you're a terrible person. I deal with you how you deal with me. This this young man had to make a choice at some point. Did he want to continue believing what he was taught? And yes, he was taught it. He was taught it. He grew up in an environment where he heard things and was told things, and there, this, and those people, and this and that. Of course he was taught it. But at some point he had to make a decision. Because in this day and age, you can't tell me that this kid didn't interact with people from other races and other, and other cultures. You can't tell me he didn't. You can't tell me that he probably didn't listen to rap music. Same kids, the same some of these same kids run up to them like they hate black people dressing like like the, like these guys in the videos. The same one saying it now, mind you. Same one saying it. So how can you hate something that you're trying to copy? That's you know, I mean. And then when you, when you bring in the NRA thing, I get that everybody wants to wants to talk about you know the NRA and, and guns and, and yes, should there be background checks? Yeah, there should. But, but no, it's a good point you raise, and I agree with you when I said it as well. His dad gave it to him as a gift. Dad may be a law-abiding citizen that's not cuckoo, uh, you know, if we factor in, you know, any mental illness, uh, you know, so to speak. Uh, not trying to be uh, really negative or insulting toward people who have a mental illness by using cuckoo there. And, and uh, that would not have stopped him from doing what he was doing, I agree. Question. Ni- would you agree with me that neither would some or all of those people having been armed in that church would either, correct? No, that just would have led to more death. And as the people... people yeah, because people, yeah, you know this having been in the military, Chandler. You yeah. give me a gun, that's not a good idea because I don't know how to use it properly. And that's the problem exactly. with all the gun owners. They don't... And, and even if you know how to use it properly, and you know this from being uh, in the military and probably having seen combat... Um, it's very different to shoot a target than to shoot a real person with a beating heart, breathing and looking you in the eye, right, in front of you, correct? And that's the problem is that so many people think that taking a life is easy, that it's no big deal, that, you know, I'm just go out there and, 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 and pop off a couple of rounds. 
not understanding the consequences that come with it. And so to say everybody should be armed, no, everybody shouldn't be armed. Because taking a life is not something anybody should be allowed to do. Whether you serve in the military or not, you're in the military, you have to do what you have to do. But that doesn't make what you do right. It's just something you, you've been ordered to do and you have to do what you have to do. But you still have to live with the consequences of it. You still have to live with the consequences of it. So saying everybody should have been armed, no, then we'd have a bunch more dead people. Most of them probably being shot by other people trying to help them. No, everybody shouldn't be armed. This, this, this man should not have been able to get a gun, but the fact of the matter is he could have got one in 20 minutes if his father didn't get him that gun. That's where the problem is, is there's more illegal guns than there are illegal guns killing people. But whether it's legal or not, it's not just the gun. It's the gun and the mindset. But we have a culture of turning to a gun to solve our problems, even if that problem is based in hatred. Yeah. And, and that's with, with the, the sense of entitlement that we've given this, this next generation that everybody gets a participation trophy. You're entitled to have things. You're supposed to have things. You don't need to work for anything. Go out and take something. And, and again, everything is about, oh, just take somebody's life. It's no big deal. When are we going to start valuing lives? When are we going to start valuing lives? When are we going to start valuing lives and, and, and black lives, white lives? When are we going to start valuing lives? That it matters what you do. It matters that you hurt somebody. Because when you hit 40, late 40s, mid third, late 30s, early 40s, in your 50s, all of the damage that you've done, you're going to have to live with. You take somebody's life, understand that there's consequences behind that. At some point, you've got to answer to whoever it is you believe in and justify why you took their life. And you can't justify it. You can't. There's no justification for taking a human life. There's not. You can rationalize it. You say, I was following orders or I was doing my job as a policeman, but you can't justify it. And until we get these kids to understand that there's no justification to take someone's life. You don't, you hate somebody, go out there and have go out there, get in the ring, put on some gloves and box. Okay? You want to have a fist fight, knock yourself out. You don't get to take somebody's life because you don't like them. Hey, in Victorian times, they'd hand each other a gun, stand on opposite sides of the yard, turn their backs, pace, turn around and shoot. And somebody would win, somebody would lose. I don't propose that, but uh, Chandler, uh, thank you for joining us. Very, very excellent comments, uh, very thought-provoking comments. Please call us again. I look forward to hearing from you, sir, and thank you for your service. Thank you, Chandler. Uh, let's go next to Joy in Arizona on Line 3. Joy, good afternoon. Hello, Joy? Joy? Okay, we'll come back to you later. Let's go to Palm Springs on line four with Tommy. Tommy, good afternoon. Hi, Leslie. Hey, what an excellent, awesome caller he was, huh? Because to me, he gave the diff- he gave the other side of the perspective, and he gave a rational um, discussion as to where he was coming from, where he grew up with with hatred. Well, you know what? I, I kind of came from the same place that, that this guy comes from, because I was taught hatred. I was taught bigotry. I was, I mean, my dad was such a racist. I was, he was like living with Archie Bunker. And, you know, and, you know, it just, um, he's right. You do have to get, you have to, when you get old enough to make your own decisions and things, you decide whether or not they're right or whether or not they're wrong. And I, I just decided, you know what? He's, he's been wrong about every other thing. Why wouldn't he be wrong about this too? And he was. You know, my dad was, he was a terrible, horrible person. And, you know, and 
I mean, he, everybody, nobody had a, nobody was a name. They were a, they were a stick. They were a Jew. They were the N-word. They were a lesbo. They were, they were, they were a, a fag. They were, you know. But what I can clearly was, tell that even though that's what you heard and you were exposed to, that's not who and what you are. How come? No. No, but, I, but he's right about I had to, whenever I got old enough to to think for myself and old enough to, I had to be able to rise above it. And, you know, and I mean, I've I've been in relationships. I'm, I'm gay, so I've been in relationships. I've been in relationships with, with um, black guys and a Hispanic guy. And it's, um, I mean, it's, you find you learn their cultures, and you, you know, I was so I was around his family, both of them, families and things, and and you know, very warm, very accepting, very loving people, and and it's nothing like what you what you had heard as a kid, and nothing like you know. And I was I was in living in West Texas. There was not one black kid in my whole school. Kindergarten through twelfth grade, there were seven kids in my grade, including me. Seven kids, you know, and so if anybody was, should have been steeped in in white inbreeding and all that stuff, it should have been me. And but you're right about him, and so is that other color. But yes, absolutely, he was taught it. Absolutely, he was taught it. But he should he should have been able to rise above it and not. And there, there are people, it's terrible, but there are people that feel that way. There are people that sit there and go, damn N-words in the White House and whatever and have a gun and don't try and kill the president or try and kill anybody else who's African-American who they feel uh, negatively uh, toward uh, based on this, that individual skin color. That's because every, every person, they didn't have any good role models, you know, and the person that they are, that they've been around since they were little kids, they just decided to eat it up with a spoon. They decided to believe it all, and and they they never get out of their their Fox News comfort bubble. They never get out of their you know they never get out they never hear any other side or you know as it, it's it's crazy how how tunnel visioned and how how uh, monolithic they can they can be you know and absolutely. I mean, the first thing they, they said this morning on Fox News was, uh, what, what do you say? Oh, are, we don't know that this could have been just an, an attack on Christianity. What? No. Well, I do, I do, I, and, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a Fox News contributor, uh, you know, and I am a liberal, but I have to say that a lot of media outlets don't want to jump the gun because of things that have happened in the past, whether it be a Michael Brown and Eric Garner, um, a Trayvon Martin, either way. But once we had comments come out from witnesses, you know, he was saying he was killing because they're black people. And the quotes that he gave by more than one of the survivors right. in that church right. it was, makes it, it was clear. more than established. But even after that, they were still saying that. Correct. And, you know, and not only that, but the people in his, the people in his uh, trailer park, he was saying that he, he was telling them that he was going yep. to. He had talked uh, like that. As a matter of fact, he even said he he even said, according to my producers, um, you know, their research. He told some of his neighbors where he lived he was going to do oh. this yesterday. They, they knew he was going to do it in the day, and nobody yeah, did anything. Nobody called the cop and said, you know, I think this guy might have a plan to hurt people. And and you know, if his parents 
who know him best, probably they his dad gave him the gun. And again, you he kind of he got this notion somewhere, you know, and and it wasn't because his parents were these liberal. I mean, even if they weren't the ones feeding him full of it, which I believe they were, um, I'm I'm just uh, I'm sure that that he wouldn't have given him the gun. When was his birthday? When did they say when his birthday? He's 21 years old. It was for his 21st birthday, so within the past year. So in the past year. Well, he's 21 now. They they had to know that he was raging. They had to know that he was, you know, and this. the neighbors saying that, you know, they didn't know whether to believe him or not. Well, you know what? The parents knew whether to believe him or not, and they should have got that gun. They should have hit it, sold it, uh, you know, uh, got rid of it, whatever, but kept it from, from him from using it. Now his life is over. It's it's over because because they didn't teach their kid any better. All right. You thank know? you. I, I thank you for the call. I could talk to you all day. Got to get a few more, Tommy. I appreciate oh, it. And do call me, me again. Too. Me too. Th- I, I just love you. Thank you, Tommy. Likewise. Thank you. Appreciate that. Let's go back to Joy in Arizona on Line 5. Hi, Joy. Thank you for uh, rejoining us. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Um, I guess my biggest problem, um, especially with the media coverage, is the fearfulness for the news and the media to just call this what it is, and it was a terrorist attack. He purposely picked a historical black church and went in there and committed an act of domestic terrorism. And I don't understand why it's so hard for the media to come out and call this hateful person a terrorist, instead of trying to give a a mental illness aspect to it. Because it's a repeated theme in these kinds of situations. If a black kid is shot, they're instantly villainized by the media. And now that this is a white guy who perpetrated a heinous terrorist attack on our country. And the media is fearful to call a white person a terrorist. And that's what he did. He committed an act of terror. I agree with you 100%. I also think, and I think you'd agree with me, Joy, if he had not been Dylan or if they said he was Muslim or if his name was Muhammad, uh, this we would be calling everybody would be referring to this as terrorist activity. I agree with you. I don't think terrorism has to be planes taking uh, over a building. I don't think terrorism has to be in the name of a government or a religion. I think the terrorists are when you terrorize people, and those people in that church were terrorized because they had for an hour prior been sitting alongside this uh, this man, I said young man, I got upset, uh, Chandler upset, but to me, a 21-year-old is a young man. I know how I was at 21 and may have been able to uh, uh, to get married and to vote and to be drafted, but at the same time, um, I was a young woman at 21. But still, he stood alongside them, that 21-year-old, and was praying with them and part of a Bible study in a prayer meeting for an hour. Um uh, you know, to say they were blindsided, and certainly they were ter- it, it, they were terrorized. Those children, those children in Connecticut, they were terrorized. 
and I think the other thing that kind of upsets me about the media coverage and everything is no one is really talking about the poor five-year-old girl who had to pretend to be dead to survive. She was five. There is no reason on this earth that a five-year-old child should have to know how to play dead to survive. I agree and with you. As a mother of a seven, say? as a mother of a seven and eight-year-old who weren't five that long ago, I totally agree with you, a hundred plus percent. And you know what? We can go further. No child, regardless of age, in America, should have to ever live with that even being a possibility. We are one of the wealthiest nations in the world. We have some of the best educational facilities in the world that people worldwide come to, some of the best educators. We have invented some of the best things, have some of the best technology and some of the brightest minds. There is no excuse that, you know what, you know, we, we are, if you get breast cancer, you know, you, you have less than a 3% chance of not surviving. Okay, you get AIDS or contract the HIV that becomes full-blown AIDS, you're most likely going to live. We have incredible money, research, minds, education, labs, uh, and, and access to things that can solve problems. We can solve this problem. We can. And I think what's really disturbing, too, about uh, the five-year-old having to do that is that, honestly... We don't have to teach white children to do that. That shouldn't have to be a reality in this country anymore, that black people have to teach their kids survival skills. Because well, in, in, in this situation, they were African-American, and certainly we've seen African-Americans when it comes to Ferguson, when it comes to... Uh, you know, Trayvon Martin and Mr. Garner in Staten Island, those kinds of things are African-American and, and the perpetrators in those situations, uh, you know, were not African-American. But um, I, I think regardless of our color, our gender and our religion, when you've got people out there with hate and a weapon, any of us are a possible potential victim, depending on. If we're part of that group they hate on that day and we're in the wrong place at the wrong time. Thank you for your call, Joy. Very well said. Do call us again. I would love to have your participation in the program further. We're going to take a break, come back, and take more of your calls. Don't go away. We have a a lot going on. Let me just uh, share a few of the tweets, if I may. Um, Brad Eichmann says this is personal responsibility. And um, Brian says, explain to me how the act of buying a gun makes one a racist or all NRA racist. No, Brian. The fact that he said he went to kill black people and he blamed black people for what they did and pulled the trigger and killed nine people makes him a racist. And also, Brad says he's... is racists don't kill people. Racists with guns kill people. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Um, yeah, the KKK burned crosses on lawns, you know, but... And it's not just a gun. A rope did terrible amount of damage with lynching. Uh, Brad said he's 21. Why should the parents be held accountable? His daddy gave him the gun. Uh, Kristen said he's 21. He's an adult. Jay says, all being frozen by fear does is give credence to the violence when leaning on our principles this this country always stands. Jay, I would agree with you. Don't be fearful. 
but we got to reduce numbers to, you know, make people believe that. And then still an individual says, sins of the father shall be visited on the son, not the other way around. Laugh out loud. And I'm an atheist. I'm Leslie Marshall. Back after this. And we are back. Michael in the Bronx up next. Last lesson, th- uh, 60 seconds. Go ahead, Michael, your take. Hey, uh, Leslie, I got to give kudos to your earlier callers. They pretty much covered based on what I was going to point out. So this shit's going to be the icing for the cake. Let's face facts here. And I said it many times. These fight winners on the airwaves, they know damn well what they're doing. And it's fighting the, um, the violence that keeps going on with the guns. They say more guns, more guns. I have a right to a gun and blah, blah, blah. And always demonizing the black victims always heralding or sympathizing with the white criminals. I'm fed up with it, and it's because of their rhetoric that always leads to catastrophes like this. So, if this guy that held the gun and blasted these, um, and blasted the parishioners, all these black parishioners are going to be held on criminal charges, so should the people that instigated him and instigate others like him to um, commit these criminal acts, because they are criminals as well, aiding and abetting, conspiring to commit a crime. I don't give a damn what they want to claim about the First Amendment. This is not covered by the First Amendment at all. All right, Michael, thank you. I'm Leslie Marshall. Friday, tomorrow, Mark and Andrew, thank you. All of you, thank you. Thoughts and prayers to those families in Charleston, South Carolina. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This is no ordinary sub shop. This is Firehouse Subs. Welcome to Firehouse. Tired of overpriced lunches that underdeliver on flavor? Head to Firehouse Subs, where for a limited time you can get a $4.99 choice sub. Choose from a medium smoked turkey, Virginia honey ham, or roast beef. They're custom-made hot subs at a price ready-made to make you smile. Just $4.99, only at Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs, save more lives. Participating locations plus tax limited time offer prices may vary for delivery. This is no ordinary sub shop. This is Firehouse Subs. Welcome to Firehouse. Tired of overpriced lunches that underdeliver on flavor? Head to Firehouse Subs, where for a limited time you can get a $4.99 choice sub. Choose from a medium smoked turkey, Virginia honey ham, or roast beef. They're custom-made hot subs at a price ready-made to make you smile. Just $4.99, only at Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs, save more lives. Participating locations plus tax limited time offer prices may vary for delivery.